Hello, this is The Parent Panel, where every week we invite one mum and one dad to give us their thoughts on all things parenting. We talk about everything from the everyday challenges to current news topics, all through the lens of parenting. Our mum today is a TV presenter who has climbed from one hot air balloon to another via a two-inch plank of wood. And our dad is an actor who has played one of our former Prime Ministers in a musical. Well, sometimes you catch yourself just being bossed around. You're going, wait, wait a second. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm not at all. Neve one day took her nappy off and just rubbed it on the wall. Oh, wow. I think you're still in the trenches with your kids. I like the expression trenches. I sometimes call it the vortex. <laughs> the Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Tanya Zayeda is our mum. She's a TV presenter who completed that incredible stunt on Who Dares Wins in the 90s. Since then, Tanya has done a number of things, including Bollywood acting. But right now, she has her hands full with twins who are just about to turn one. Hi, Tanya. Oh, hello. I don't I ever have my hands full. <laughs> I've got to say, I have... Often s- full of poo, actually. <laughs> Especially with two. I mean, I have... So many questions, uh, but I won't go back to Who Dares Wins or Bollywood. Let's concentrate on the present. Life with twins. Can you believe they're about to turn one? I cannot believe. People tell you how quickly the time flies and make the most of every moment with your children um, for that first year. And it really has flown by. I'm just already organising their first birthday, which is just blowing me away. And uh, what I love is that I chose to um, spend most of the first year at home with them because I didn't want to miss a moment. So I really cut back and just worked a lot from home. And every day there's a new milestone that just brings a tear to my eye and a smile to my face. Now, one day, like the little girl at the moment, Kenzie, she's just learnt to um, wave. So she waves to everybody and then she discovers her hand out the corner of her <laughs> eye and then she stops and looks at her hand and looks at her arms like it's attached to her. It's the most beautiful moment. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Because that is that conscious moment when children... Anyway, that is, that's a whole other topic. Um, our dad is actor Andy Leonard, Hello. who was the star of Keating the Musical. I bring that up. I know it was 2015. Um, you are also a writer and producer, father to a two-year-old boy. That's right. yeah. um, but I was so blown away because I first saw Andy, just so people know, I saw Andy hosting a night called The Moth, which was like, um, how would you describe The Moth? So the Moth is a... Uh, it's competitive storytelling where people get up and they'll tell a five-minute true-to-life story and it's judged and it's a lot of fun and it's a great way to learn about uh, different points of view and and just be entertained. And and he was Andy was very entertaining, very funny. So when I found out he was a dad, I'm like, right, on the parent panel. Get him on, get him on. <laughs> but it wasn't until I started actually going into your background that I realised that you played Keating. Stalking, you mean? <laughs> of course yes, I was stalking. stalking. <laughs> that's that's my kind of my job description, can I be honest? Yeah. And you were phenomenal in that. I'm oh, thank so, you so much. Thank um, you. Did you, you. Have you seen it, Tanya? No, no, I haven't. I'm Basically, intrigued. Andy has a set of lungs that are incredible. The, I can't Singing? get you to sing, can I? Uh, n- no, no. I, I'm not warmed up. So. <laughs> you also rap in it, though. Yeah, there is a bit of rapping in there as well. And it's um, interesting because I'm actually playing another uh, megalomaniac in a way <laughs> uh, that starts in a couple of weeks at the Seymour Centre, uh, Guido Contini, which is based on Fellini. So oh. if you are around, come wow. and see mine. I would love to. Yeah. Mm. I, yeah a bit of very theatre buff. I was amazing. an arts and drama student, so I love my theatre. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll be all going along to that. Moving on to what we're talking about today, yeah. though. Mm. We're going to talk about dealing with online critics, yep. things you don't do as a parent, and what farm animal you would add to your family, just for something different. Uh, first up today, though, we're talking about selecting gender. You want to have babies? We're about to be parents. 
What are you hoping for, a boy or a girl? We do not choose our destiny. You can choose to spin or you can choose to choose. I want two of them, a boy and a girl. An Australian woman has told the ABC her story about travelling overseas for IVF treatment where she could choose the sex of her boy after having, sorry, the sex of her baby after having three boys. Stacey Hughes said she didn't want to leave it to chance. It's illegal to select the sex of your child in Australia. But groups like Legalised Family Balancing would like to see that change. On the other side of the fence, Bernadette Tobin from the Plunkett Centre for Ethics says that the ban should remain because the concept of unconditional love would change if we, would, if we could start determining what our children will be before we give birth to them or adopt them or whatever the case may be. Um, Tanya, if you were to have another child, and given, of course, mm-hmm. understanding you have one of both gender mm-hmm. now, would you choose the gender? Well, that's true, Siobhan. Having twins, boy and girl, I'm done. Yes. I've got the whole package deal. <laughs> I am thrilled. Secretly, I'd always willed for twins and I'd always hoped for a boy and a girl and I'm, the universe gives what you um, put out there. Um, would I hope for uh, – look, now that I've got one of each, I'd be leaving it up to chance for myself. I understand completely people who want to do the modern-day balancing, as they call it, and I think the key word is balancing there. We're not talking about people who are legalise uh, this for singles as such. When you look into it a bit further, they are looking at a legal, uh, 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 hoping to lobby to legalise it for people who have two to three children already and would like to balance out their family because what is happening is that couples are becoming pregnant hoping for one particular gender that they don't already have um, and then a lot of women are t- uh, terminating the babies when they find out the gender. Mm. So we're trying to, you know, I think balancing is the, is the key word. Yeah. And Andy, how about you? You've got a little boy. I, I do. And my little boy was born through IVF and surrogacy overseas. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. IVF egg donor. IVF egg donor, surrogacy. So we, uh, he was actually born in Canada. So we weren't given the opportunity to select the gender. And we definitely wouldn't have either. Um, I, I don't. I wouldn't want to mm. personally, I but I don't have three children of the same sex and want another one. And so, that's the key point. And, and that is the people? key point. So, I, I, like, What do you think of the ethics, Professor? Because what I noticed in mm. this story is that ones that were pro-change were the ones with lived experience. Mm. And no yeah. offence mm. to the ethics professors, but the ones that were against the choice were kind of speaking in philosophical terms. Like, How do you respond to that, Andy? Do you think that it's... As a philosophical argument, you shouldn't do it at all. End of story, because we're putting conditions on children. Yeah, I, I think I, I am actually a little bit on the fence with this because mm, I, I mm. think, well, okay, here's a scenario: if if someone has uh, three boys and they and they and they want a girl, uh, so sorry if they if they have three boys and, and want a girl, what happens if down the track that that girl? Uh, is is trans transgender, for example? Do they, you know, like, or what is? It opens up a whole lot of other, you know, a, part, a big part of me just says leave it up to the universe. But I mean, you know, if you're going through IVF and it's not up to the to the universe at all. So I'm really on the fence with with this one. Really, I mean, I I wouldn't ever choose, but I don't have three, and I, and I think I think you need to be in that situation before you. You put that up. So, I mean, I think, you know, it brings the broader broader question of we're not in a situation like after China with the one child policy where mm. you'd get mm. terminations based on gender. I don't think I don't think this this um, 
proposal has has any sort of bearing on something like that. It's more about balancing a family after quite a few. So, well, you I just suppose- raised a really good point there about the um, if you already had you know three of boys and then you were hoping for a girl within a family situation. And the research is actually showing now that um, if uh, you had three boys and then hoped for the girl and then got a boy, that it's causing a lot of anguish and anxiety and disappointment within the woman carrying the child, yeah. uh, which is not actually healthy on the child in the long term. So I agree. Sitting on the fence, um, yeah, it, it's and even with my with our IVF. We didn't choose the sex at all either. We just mm. left it up to the universe, which was wonderful. But if I had three boys, sure, I would secretly hope for a girl and I'd be doing everything, every weird thing, every wives' <laughs> tale that they tell you to try and get Wear the opposite sex. Apparently that was one. I, I had always thought that uh, that my first child would be a girl and I'd, I'd planned for that. I, there was just something in my mind. I thought, mm. oh, it's going to be a girl. She will love musical theatre. She'll be, you know. But, but I love my son more than anything else in the world. So I. You can't imagine it being any other way, can absolutely you? Absolutely not. And, and it is that idea, expectation of gender, because I, my husband and I both wanted a girl. And when we were getting um, the scan at twenty weeks, mm-hmm. we found out she was a girl, and we both cried. And the sonographer was like. <laughs> Is this is this bad? And we're like, no, it's great. And then when we fell pregnant the second time, it was with a boy. And for a while, I was like, I, I don't know what to do with boys. Like, I am a girl's girl. I, I grew up playing with other girls, yeah. not necessarily with boys. I'm like, he's got a penis. What the hell do you do with a penis? Oh. Yeah, that's all right. That's, that's what your husband's for. That's what the other the other half's for. Did, did uh, I don't know. That? Like, I mean, I... I... <laughs> Why he has a penis? And he's looking at me like, what is that a question? Like, what if he plays rugby? What if he... Yes. Yes. Mm. I'm with you. Like, Uh, I wanted musical theatre lovers. mm. I'm like, what do I do if I get a boy's boy that I don't understand? And then they're born... Love, nourish. That's it, nurture. Love, nourish, nurture. There's always someone somewhere that you can foister that part of parenting off to. Mm. Yes, yes. Well, I feel very lucky to have boy and a girl and, and the same at the 20-week scan. Um, when we were told, I had tears of joy because I thought, my goodness me, my whole life, that's what I was after. And even through the IVF process, every single day I spoke to my belly as if it was a boy <laughs> and a girl. Yeah, every day I said, my son and my daughter, my son and my daughter, how are you doing? And then at 20 weeks we found out. So that was the power of positive thinking. There we go. That's yeah. what's just talk to your belly people. Yeah. <laughs> Up next, parent shaming online, how to deal with critics. You're going to be a terrible mother. Front seat, Mum. I sit in the front seat now. It's so dangerous. You're an unfit parent who abandoned her child. That's just ridiculous. This week, The Bachelor's Sam Wood took his kids out on a very brisk Melbourne day. Posting a photo of his little cherubs all rugged up, he copped so much flack for his from his followers online. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's irresponsible to take small children out in the cold. Um, now, public shaming of media celebrities is uh, personalities is rife. You can see it all the time. Um, and part of what that does, I think, is make the rest of us feel a little bit less confident about <laughs> how we parent in public. Andy, um, I will say both of you have social media feeds that your children are on. Yeah. Um, Andy, have you ever experienced that kind, any kind of online shaming? It, more shaming in real life, really, because, uh, you know, I, I took Orlando uh, backpacking uh, to see his surrogate mother in Canada and also around Europe to see family. And I, I take him around a lot. And he, I think his, 
is two two years and three months, and he's already had thirty five flights. And we go, <laughs> That's we go away awesome. everywhere. But, That's but our also, dream. But my good on you. I got a lot of flack for, you know, we go go out to dinner three or four times mm. a week. Just and and I keep him up late, and you know, he goes to bed probably at nine thirty at night and get and gets up at eight thirty. For me, that's perfect. But I get a lot of oh, you don't have a routine. You're dragging him around to suit you. And I, my my counter argument is well. I'm not putting him in cotton wool and he he lives, I think, a more rounded life because he gets to see more, he gets to travel more, he loves going around with people. But I, yeah, I, I've, I've had flack in real life for, oh, you, you're just, you're not, uh, you're not giving him the, the stability he needs, you're not giving him the, uh, you know... The, the strict roster that he needs and you know a lot of that who's is to also... say that's right and wrong though Andy isn't well, exactly that true because right. you know we our careers um, you know all of our separate careers with us standing here are very varied and the hours are different we are not nine to five people clocking on and clocking off with the same routine every day and I think it's sensational what you've done I'm envious because we try to travel and get out as much as we can with um, with the twins and uh, I think you know people who are shift workers for example nurses working all night long yeah. and and still having young ones at home, their children aren't in a routine the same as a nine-to-five mum. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And, and nothing online? You've you've had fairly positive experiences online? Pre- fairly positive on- online. So. I don't know if Tanya has. Oh, look, I'm sitting here shaking my head. While you were doing that <laughs> intro, Siobhan, I know Sam Wood very, very well. Um, and, and he's a great guy. He's always wanted to be a parent. And he's a very responsible parent. We all live in Melbourne. I live in Melbourne too. And it is cold <laughs> every day in Melbourne. So I argue that perhaps some of the feedback and the flack that he copped on social media was possibly from those living in Queensland where it's a warm climate. I had somebody recently comment on a cold day when I had, again, all my children are rugged up like little Eskimos with double blankets on their pram and they look beautiful. They've got their little beanies and their little gloves and earmuffs on and they're very warm and snug. And once you get walking, everybody does warm up. It's a nice blue sky. Someone commented on one of my posts saying, um, um, oh, why would you have them out in such cold weather in Melbourne? Now, I didn't respond because sometimes you don't need to respond. My first thought was, well, at least I'm being active with my children and I get them out and about for fresh air every day to walk the dog too and they love looking around keeps them busy I didn't respond because everybody else um, that follows me responded on my behalf and that's a good way to always handle social media bullies or or trolls when you cop flack the others commented saying well if you lived in uh, an Iceland you'd always have to walk them in freezing cold weather and people who live in minus 26 degrees still rug them up like little Eskimo babies and go walking again and in fact research has shown that you should get them out in fresh air every day and for their vitamin D content and a bit of fresh air does in the world of good yeah and also that idea of um, you can go to uh, my daycare centre where my son goes, they do this thing called Bush Kindy. And um, in my job, of course, I speak to educators all the time about how important it is for kids to get outside and to play yeah. in all kinds of weather. We all know that the Scandinavian Scandinavian countries are miles ahead of us, right? Mm, with education yes, yeah. and their kids go out and mm. play in snow. So my, the educators were saying, though, that the parents, they would rug up the kids in like puddle suits. So yeah. they're completely protected and still take them out in the rain. And yet many parents would come and say, oh, you, you still took them out? And I'm like, yeah, yes, take of them course. out. What's get the, them what's out the alternative? Just, just stay inside all day? Yeah, I remember exactly. when, when Orlando was uh, about 10 weeks old uh, and he was going through that stage, which I'm sure you had double, where, <laughs> where, um, where Times two, we say. nothing would, would calm him. Yeah. And, and I took him out for a walk and he had, and it was quite, uh, it was chilly 
uh, and he had a beanie on, didn't want to wear it, so I took it off. And I was waiting for a bus because I had him in the in the carrier waiting for a bus. And this old lady came up and she said, "Might I suggest that he wears a hat?" And oh, I said, stop. "And I said, you may not. <laughs> you may not." Because you know. Yay. But also, I think that I, I've often had, and particularly at that stage, uh, I would often have uh, older women, and probably really well-meaning, but they'll they'll see, uh, you know. A, fa- a father on his own looking after a child, and they they feel the need to uh, they feel the need to give this advice. It's not really. Like I had someone at a shopping centre come in and say, "Would you like me to take him for a while?" And I said, <gasps> "I've never met you. Absolutely not. No, I don't want you to take my baby. Right. Are you crazy? Like, what? When, what part of the world do you live in? I'm just, this was a Marrickville Metro. It was not like." You know, <laughs> I do find it weird that every, that people always want to offer advice, that, that you're absolutely right. And you think, well, what works for one doesn't work for another. And that's the first thing that midwives and your own mother and grandmother or women in your life tell you that what works for one doesn't work for another. So I find it very offensive and actually quite rude because I would never go up to somebody else and tell them what to do, what they should be doing or, or how to handle their child. Absolutely. But it's, 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 weird, really, it? it's really embarrassing Parent when the advice works. It's, it's, a <laughs> it's really embarrassing when that, actually, when that advice actually works. <laughs> comebacks from you though. I'll remember those I want to know, what have you been told that you went, actually, yeah, I'll try that. Um, I, okay. So... <laughs> this is going to be. This good was one. actually quite embarrassing because uh, I can't remember how old Orlando was, but he wasn't very old. He was under three months, and he'd been up all night. And I, my brain was not was not working at all. And I was getting I was getting a bus down to my family's place in Canberra. Mm-hmm. And about an hour in, I went to give him a bottle to soothe him, and I'd, I'd left all the formula. I've done that. Oh, oh my yeah. god! And, <laughs> We've all done that. And this and this old lady came up and said. Um, uh, looks like you're having trouble. And I said, yep, oh, and I'm sorry for the noise. And she said, uh, would you like me to soothe him for another person that came up and said, and I said, no, not really. And after a while, I said, sure, give it a go. <laughs> and and mm. he was he was like a light, just went to sleep. And I was so embarrassed. And you I know, felt- It's like the jar, though, don't you reckon? Well, if you get someone else to, 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 no, to so you were you'd loosened it. You, yeah. You'd loosened the jar. You'd soothed him enough sure. that you put He was exhausted. Through. He was so exhausted after screaming with you that by the time she picked him up, he just passed out from yeah. exhaustion. That's yeah, but it looked like argument. that I was a bad father and she was this wonder grandma. Yeah. Enough, she was like <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. I think, you know, I think you're doing a wonderful job. Oh, and that's the most important words I think anyone can say to a parent mm. is that you're doing a good job. That's all also, you want to hear. And but, I, so there's a light at the end of the tunnel. That's exactly right. But I also saw the flip side as well. Um, uh, I, I'm in a situation where I'm, I'm a single parent, on again, off again with the baby's other father. Long story, whatever. But uh, the um, well, can I, you're doing yeah. an even better job. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. But I would often have people come up and say, "Oh, you're doing a great job. It's great to see. It's great to see you dads out there." Or, or they'd say, "Oh." Mum's day is it Mum's day off? Is it? And you think what that is? It's a bit of a sexist attitude. Mm, you think well, mm. there are so many there are so many single fathers out there who are raising children, and uh, you know it, it does come from a from a good place that they're thinking. Oh, it's nice to see you putting you know, your bit in, putting your bit in. But of course you are. What else are you going to do? You're going to... Men are very capable of now, extremely are. capable. Yeah. And just as a quick example, this is only my fourth night away at the moment from my 
family and children at all. And Chris, my partner, is looking after um, you know two 11-month-old twins who are going through teething and not wanting to sleep too well and not eating too well at the moment, all on his own for 48 hours and doing a tremendous job. You better listen to this podcast too. <laughs> That's right. Yes. <laughs> all right. There are plenty of social media accounts showing parents doing all the right stuff. Not many admitting when they don't. Up next, our guests share the things they don't do as parents. I don't cook, Stan. We'll just have to go out to dinner. I don't want to have to wash any dishes. Prime time means free time to spend with my kids. This week, parent, panel, guest and head of content at Mamma Mia, Holly Wainwright wrote an article about all the things she doesn't do. Now, I love this concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's the anti-parental perfection revolution and I'm quite prepared to join it. Among some of the things that I don't do, I also don't cook during the week, which is what Holly doesn't do. I don't do homework. <laughs> I actually feel really bad about that. But I don't do homework. My oldest is seven. And I don't care if my kids watch TV while I get ready for work. That's one of the few things that I don't care. Tanya, I know your kids are only Mm, about to turn one, but... What do you have on your I don't list? Definitely the um, I don't cook very much at all during the week. Um, I think probably with yourself and also um, the, the, you know, who, the Holly. lady from Mama Mia, Holly, who wrote this. And she wrote a comical piece as well, you know, so we could take it with a grain of salt. But like yourself, I don't cook too much during the week. I have new, I have 11-month-old twins. I also um, have a full-time career and run several online businesses at home. Chris loves cooking. My partner, so great. I just handball that to him. Um, and then I also... Um, probably don't I don't do toilets and cleaning I don't do bathroom cleaning I just find that my I would rather spend an hour playing with my children taking everybody for a walk and perhaps outsourcing and employing somebody else that might need the work Out- outsourcing to, cleaning yeah, is the best thing cleaning. ever yeah. yeah I think it saves a lot of relationships <laughs> I think most, most definitely so probably just the basic things for me um, I think I, I probably do everything else yes like Andy um, I have forgotten formula at times you know I <laughs> Have done. Have you ever things. forgotten nappies? Uh, I did forget nappies the first time we went to the uh, maternity health clinic, and I'm not oh, that's thinking. That's a good place to forget well, nappies, well, though. They, they have don't. Them. I don't think they do. Oh, do they have nappies? They just don't have nappy bags. You have to take your pooey nappies with you after oh, for hygienic fair reasons. Enough. But I didn't know that we we're actually going to get the babies completely naked and weigh them and measure them and do things like that. I just thought it was a hey, how are you guys doing? We're fine. See you later. Down yeah. to the cafe we go. <laughs> but have you? Oh, like, have you forgot? You forgot nappies? Not forgotten, but. Uh, He's, he's had the runs and gone through more than had I expected. You had planned, yes. And I was on a train oh. uh, and you just sort of think, <laughs> Public oh transport and you. Public, <laughs> public transport. You're, um, I was on a train in the little, in the little uh, bathroom washing off the nappy <laughs> and putting it back on. <laughs> Dreadful. And I'd started with those. I wanted it to be all green and all this, uh, you know, and I started with the... The ecos. The eco nappies. Absolutely not. I really, I just, well, I I I justified to myself that I'd, I don't have a car and I don't drive and I get public transport everywhere. Mm. So I thought, all right, great. I'm doing my thing and I'll use disposable nappies. And, uh, you know, it's it's fine. Those they they are the savior. We do yeah. the same too. We try our we try our hardest to be green as much as possible um, mm. for the environment. But there's just a few cases where you're like, you know what? These these other ones just kind of work a little better yeah. and keep everything in where mm. it should be in. What's on your I don't list, Andy? So I don't I don't uh, I don't put Orlando to bed at a set time. I I let him go to sleep when he's ready, and whether that's seven thirty or nine thirty. Sometimes 10, if we've been out. Like, 
I, I, no judgment here, no, Andy. Well, yeah, because I just think that he he knows the sleep that he wants to get, and and frankly, I don't want to be up at five o'clock in the morning. So if his if he wants to go to bed later, I think that's um that's great for me the as thing well. I, I, my sister is like that with her kids, and. Um, what makes sense to me about that is she's always been a night owl. Mm. I'm the opposite. Mm. I like the mornings. And so my kids, I try to get to bed at a certain time every night because that's the way we live. But yep. with her kids, um, they stay up later with her. And I know um, other families, the same thing happens because they like to spend time with their children. That's right. <laughs> if, you get, if you get home from daycare mm. at 6.30 yep. and you think, oh, I've only got an hour before he needs to go to bed. Bath, no. feed, bed. There's no time to play and enjoy having them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, And I'm, if you're going out to restaurants that. with him and you're sharing your life a lot more when you do it that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. I, I think Whereas so. Whereas I'm like, go to bed, I need my time. Yeah, but otherwise <laughs> I think what I don't do is I, I try not to have I try not to have rules, uh, as too many rules or too, many, too much judgment. Mm, I agree with that too. We're quite social. Too many rules for yourself or for him? No, for myself, uh, and I obviously he has rules, and you know he has to behave, uh, you know. But I don't, uh, you know, and, and obviously I have the the, you know, the I keep him away from things that might harm him and things like. That. But actually, there was another, there was recently a couple of weeks ago, I took him down uh, to see some friends that just had a new baby in Tassie, and we we're going on a drive around, and I'd realised that um, I've got a. A, uh, myself and some friends own a little distillery in um, in Queensland, and I'd been to the t- distillery the week before, and I'd taken back some sample gin in a plastic bottle, and I, I had to put it somewhere, and I just put it in the baby bag. And we're in the car, and um, and I went off to to get something, and my friends were looking after Orlando in the back, and um, and I just sat down, and, and uh, my friend said, oh. Orlando wanted some water, so I'll just give him that. And I said, yeah. And she, and I, she said, oh, oh, no, as long as it's not no. gin. And I went, no. And then I just saw Orlando putting oh, the bottle up to his mouth and then go, and spitting it out. And I went, oh, my God, I'm a terrible parent. I've, I've exposed my son to spirit. But he didn't he didn't drink any, and we obviously washed his mouth oh. out. And then I, I was I, I was on edge for about 45 minutes afterwards just looking to make sure he's all right. It's totally fine. He didn't swallow any. And we got to so my friend's parents' place. what would happen if he did? I don't know. No. Like I would, I don't call the ambulance. No. So I don't know. But I went to my friend's place, uh, and their parents were over, and I said, "Well, we're just on watch because we thought uh, Orlando may have drunk a bit of gin." And they went, "Oh, <laughs> he'll sleep well tonight." That's what I was <laughs> going to say. Didn't they used to always dip the old, dip the dummy in brandy in the old and yeah? Days? Well, ab- so. I'd absolutely never yeah, give but, him any. Alcohol. But Orlando was sculling the gin. Yeah, no. right. <laughs> tequila. <laughs> Shots. Well, uh, thankfully, yeah, he didn't get any, uh, and he was, um, and he had his face screwed up, so he hasn't developed to taste yet. <laughs> it's for the future. It's good gin, though. Anyway. <laughs> Our final topic in just a moment. What farm animal would you welcome into your family? Raising children can be a challenging and rewarding experience. We've landed a man on the moon, but we still really don't know how women labour and give birth. Feed, Play, Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt, is a bite-sized parenting podcast that's here to walk, skip and jump beside you as your children grow. It's understanding and teaching parents to talk to their kids about knowing that people have different maps of the world. They see the world differently. Feed, Play, Love, available wherever you get your podcasts. Can I pet your horse? Don't pet me, I'm gonna die! We're living on a farm. It'll be good for the kids. 
Man, I love Animal Planet. Researchers at Ohio State University have found that keeping a goat in your backyard is good for your child's gut health. Hmm. By studying the stools of Amish babies and those that live in metropolitan areas, they found that babies that live in close proximity to farm animals have a stronger microbiome than city dwellers. Good gut health has been linked to a more robust immune system. Andy, in the spirit of keeping Orlando's gut healthy, what farm animal would you consider bringing into your family well okay so my we have an 80 square meter in a city apartment <laughs> so having a sheep or a cow or a goat it's not going to work it's probably not going to work you mm. know the two cats are enough sometimes especially one that has taken to getting stressed from orlando uh constantly pulling her tail mm. that she she craps on the floor. And then oh. when, the, when the Roomba goes over it, it's unbelievable. Have you seen that mess? No. Can you imagine the mess of a of a, of a portable vacuum cleaner? Going over going a poop. Over, oh, my God. Splat. <laughs> so, so, so extra farm animals into the environment, probably not. However, he mm. loves animals so much that whenever whenever I get a chance to to expose him to animals in general, he loves going up to them. And, you know, he was patting a sheep last week, which was cute. And, yeah, but... I, I can't, you can't have, have, a, any have a goat or a sheep. In. Tanya? Oh, I'm all for the animals around the house. We've got a little Jack Russell um, uh, dog who, you know, you, I think it's great to build up the kid's immune system. Most definitely. I'm not a helicopter mum that hovers over and wraps them in cotton wool, you know, and picks up everything off the floor and washes it. I'm like, build up their immune system. <laughs> I grew <laughs> up dummy. in the country and we ate dirt and worms for a while <laughs> yeah. and we all turned out just fine. So, our little, you know, the Jack Russell dog's over and gives him a big lick and a kiss and the little girl Kenzie pulls the tails and the little boy Elby runs around and picks up his ball and puts it in the mouth and you can hover <laughs> over it as much as you can you know but and clean everything every mm. night clean it all off uh, I think animal and children interaction is great for their immune system I would we live on a quite a big place down on the beach with a lot of space and there are a lot of animals around us so I would more than happily bring in perhaps a baby goat because they're good fun when they bounce around oh that's so <laughs> no. cute We've got goat farms near us and cattle, and we've been out to, to pat some horses. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, I think perhaps, you know, I think it's great that you're getting Orlando out to pat sheep when you do live in the city because yeah. sometimes inner city kids miss the interaction with the children and then they've now proven that they have a lot of allergies from not being exposed to what we were in the country, in our country upbringing. So, you know, get yeah. out there and eat a bit of dirt. So here's the other question. I'm slightly obsessed mm. with the Amish. Yep. Are I'm, you? Yes. I'm so well, actually, not like so obsessed. If there's ever a documentary on the Amish, I want to see it. Mm. I'm like, how? It's like going back in time. Yes. Amazing. What is else? it though, or do you think it's a facade? Oh, no, it <gasps> totally is. Come on, Andy. Well, okay, they have so, candles. Absolutely. Okay. So instead we're, of electricity, right? Yeah, but then they also will often drive big black new cars as well. No, as they as, don't. Okay. Well, not they, the good mm, ones. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, Horse and cart. <laughs> but so, I find it so on that point with the cars, I do find it odd with you, Andy, that the Amish um, aren't allowed to own a car, but they're allowed to accept a ride with somebody else who owns a car. That's you guys are just trying to destroy my dream of becoming Amish. Well, so, so the, the community that Orlando was was born in, uh, there's a lot of uh, Mennonites, an old Mennonites, which is the which is another. Uh, sort of offshoot from Amish uh, Amish people, and there are a lot of people like you know who have the traditional way of life and everything, and then there are people that have that traditional way of life and they don't cut their hair and the, and then and then they won't drive coloured cars, but they will have black cars because it's oh. simple. Huh? 
Simple. How, how simple is that? A hundred thousand dollar black car? Anything? What? Really? <laughs> and how do they get a hundred thousand dollars if they're like working the land? This is this is the thing I, I like know. about the Amish. The idea. Yeah. Of simple life. Like, maybe it's from, I do maybe like it's from the puppy that. mills that they have. Whoops. What? Oh. <laughs> you did not <laughs> say that. A lot do have puppy mills, right? Puppy mills. A lot of puppy mills are from. I, I what do you no, mean? no, no, no. I don't mills. want that vision in my head. Don't even. Don't even. I'm. Say I'm, that. Like, I'm missing no. the what are puppy mills. At puppy mills is, you know, when you have the backyard breeders that, yes. are, that are breeding too many, breeding too many, uh-huh. and not necessarily looking after the best interests of the animals. Right. Sometimes in communities right. like like that, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. No, You're so getting we in trouble. trouble. We digress. <laughs> right, write your complaints too. What's your email address? <laughs> My other half on Amish would probably love most of this because he uh, is a hunter and gatherer, and he hates to cut his hair, hates to wear shoes, even oh. though he's an inner city boy with a you know private grammar education. I um I, I did sh- I chose very well because I'm a country girl, and he loves to go fishing, and he wants to holiday where there are no people, and his next trip is going off somewhere to sit on an island um, and just catch fish and only take what he can survive on himself and he would love to not have any modern day conveniences and <laughs> so yeah so I think yeah, he's part Irish to... come to think of it oh great there you go let's do a reality show on your life yeah he's a survivor candidate it. in the making he really oh really is, yeah Watch this space. Watch the space. <laughs> Very nice. Well, that was our last topic. But before we go, I do like to um, ask what you guys are doing and where people can find you. Tanya, you've got a new book. Is that right? Um, yeah, the book, it's been out a little while now. They've just had a bit of a relaunch um, of it coming into spring and summer as we approach that. Um, Trim and Tone with Tanya. And so a lot of people don't realize that apart from all of my TV with Who Dares Wins and then going into India with Bollywood, um, that I'm also a natural health and beauty therapist, a Originally, before my TV um, 25 years ago, and I have quite a big natural health online business now. So I love to offer health natural alternatives for everybody from raising kids and not using um, chemicals to what to eat, how to build your energy levels up. And so the book covers a lot of that, as well as simple nutrition for, for your everyday life and all my Pilates and, uh, exercises because I also have so busy <laughs> an online Pilates business where you can go to the website and um, get all of the videos for free and do all my Pilates exercises. Oh, fabulous. And um, Andy, you touched on the musical that's coming up for you. Is it just in Sydney? It's just in Sydney at the moment. So it's nine, the musical at the Seymour Centre from the 5th of September. Are you also doing something else about cheese? Cheese. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm I'm actually, I've written a film uh, that's in pre-production called Cheese Death Lullaby. So if you search on Facebook, there's a page for it. And it's uh, it's set in a fringe theatre company, and it's about uh, a failing actor who uh, who has this this love for his partner, but no one else around him will accept the partner, and he can't work out why. And it's because the partner's been dead for a year, and it's just about oh, it's just about. Uh, sorry, I brought that down by asking. <laughs> no, but it's a comedy. Is it's it? A, it's a comedy about grief. So oh, fabulous! Cheese death lullaby. So search what that a on name! And, I got excited about cheese. Yeah. Oh, I love cheese. And I he's also got too. a distillery, but maybe we can't go into mm. alcohol sponsorship on a parenting podcast. Yeah, yeah, we'll find out about that off air. Yeah, good and idea. Find out. Um, and where can people find you online? So for me, it's pretty easy. The website's just my name, Tanya T A N I A dot com. 
www.pilates.com.au and then the um, the online Pilates video website is also linked into that main one. Cool. And what about you, Andy? Uh, www.andyleonard.com.au. And you're both your name. No, you're your name on Instagram mm. and Andy, you're... I'm gay dad and a kid. Oh, I love yes. it. And I'm just Tanya Zader on Instagram. Well, we can find you all there. Thank you both so much for coming on the Thanks show. Thank you so me. much for having me. I'm Siobhan Hunt. You can find me at Siobhan Hunt. See you next time. You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a babyology podcast, hosted and written by Siobhan Hunt, produced and edited by Debbie Ning. For more information on the show or to check out other episodes with equally funny and insightful guests, you can find all you need at our website, babyology.com.au slash parentpanel.